As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yay Networks. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake. Stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. In the chaotic rush of our days, we can easily get so caught up in the doing of life that we sometimes don't take time to pause, step back, and choose. In her new book, On Purpose, Tanya Dalton is helping us do just that. Pause and take a good look at how you've been going through your days and begin questioning how you feel. In her second book, Tanya, author of the best-selling book, The Joy of Missing Out, aims to challenge you to think for yourself and shake the foundation of how you view your world. Tanya Dalton is a best-selling author, speaker, nationally recognized productivity expert, and serves as a growth strategist for female leaders. She is also a featured expert on several networks, including NBC and Fox, and is a VIP contributor for entrepreneur.com. We're so excited to have her on the show today. Tanya, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to talk with you today. I'm so excited to be here. This is really exciting. You have This is your second book coming out, right? It is. It is. My first book came out two years ago, almost exactly two years ago. So yeah, it's kind of fun because uh, it's the second time, you know, a little bit more about what you're doing, but it's like anything else, plans get changed, derailed, writing a book during a pandemic, lots of fun things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have a lot going on. This new book is called On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. It just is filled with so many amazing nuggets. I wish we could hit all of them today. I don't think we will have time. <laughs> There's a lot of pages. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of words in that book. So I don't think we'll be able to, but I would, I'm excited about this. Yeah. So we'll hit on some of the things, but you know, you're a productivity expert. You are a growth strategist for female leaders. You're an author and so much more. I'd love to know a little bit about your background. I mean, how did you get to where you are right now? Yeah, well, I love this question. I love this question, especially knowing who your listeners are, because I think they'll really resonate with what my story looks like, because really getting to where I am today is not ever what I anticipated. I really thought uh, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I, uh, I was a teacher, and then I had my son, Jack, and I started off having like a little side hobby, something that I was doing on the side where I started it with $50. And I was just kind of dabbling in, in business, not really very, very serious about it, but I had a conversation with my husband. My husband was doing international marketing at the time, and he would literally buy a ticket called the around the world ticket. And he would be gone for like three or four weeks at a time. He oh, would wow. leave our home living in Dallas, Texas at the time, and literally circle the globe and come all the way back around. So I was like, I need to have something else I'm doing. 
I need to have something I'm passionate about or that I'm excited about. So I started this, this little business with $50 and I had a call with my husband when he's on the other side of the planet one day where I was telling him all the things that the kids were doing and what was going on in our lives. And he got really, really quiet. And I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm missing everything. I'm missing the milestones. I'm missing the moments. I'm missing all the things. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. The kids love it. When you come back home, everything's good. But when I hung up the phone that night, I made a decision. I made a really big decision in my life. I decided that, you know, if that was really pulling on my husband, that I was going to change our trajectory. I was going to change the way that we were living. And I was going to grow this little side hobby business to the size where it could absorb his MBA income. And he could Mm. quit working in corporate America and come work alongside of me. Now, at the time I had zero business experience, like literally had never even taken a business course in college. Uh, I had $50 that I started the business with. I have two small kids and a husband who travels for three or four weeks at a time. So it seemed like a huge audacious goal. Uh, What I now call one of my cathedrals, which we talk about cathedrals in the book, Uh, And I sat down that night and I mapped out what this could look like and how I could set my goals and what I needed to do. And within about a year, I made that happen. I was able to grow this business into something that was big enough that he could quit working in corporate America. He came and started working alongside of me. That was in around 2009. And we have worked side by side or across the desk from each other (laughs) since then. And he is my CMO. I'm the CEO. And we work together. And that has allowed us to have a lifestyle that we really love. He makes lunches for the kids. He drives carpool. We moved away from Dallas, Texas. We moved to where we want to live. We live in Asheville, North Carolina. Moved here in 2012. And uh, we, we love that lifestyle. But I did look at him in 2013 and say, I love you. I love working with you, but I'm not really passionate about what I do because, mm. you know, I started that business as kind of a side thing. It wasn't really what I was like meant to do. And Can I, I ask I you, what I was make... it? What was it yeah, that you started? Absolutely. Well, this will kind of date me with <laughs> how old I am, because at the time I had small kids and we didn't have phones that would carry around pictures of our kids, really. Yeah. Um, and so people would ask me for, you know, oh, let me see pictures of the kids when I was out and about. And I was like, listen, you're lucky I showered. I don't have pictures of the kids. <laughs> so I started figuring out, wait, how can I carry pictures of my kids around? So I started setting it into pieces of jewelry. So that way you always have it with you, like as a bracelet or a ring or a necklace. Oh, yeah. um, and so I made photo jewelry and I sold to photography studios. So I did wholesale photo jewelry to photography studios. Uh, And it was fun and it really got us to where I wanted to go, but it wasn't making the big impact I truly wanted to make in the world. So in 2013, I got to this little point where I was like, what are we going to do? And that's when I ended up shifting gears and really diving into what I am truly, truly passionate about. And when I did that, there were three things. I love working with women. I love empowering women. I was doing a lot of small business coaching and helping women. Uh, I love teaching. Once a teacher, always a teacher, even if you're not in a classroom. And I love productivity because that's what allowed me to grow and scale my business so quickly where you could come work alongside of me. So I opened up Inkwell Press Productivity Co. We scaled that to seven figures in less than 18 months. Oh my goodness. To be productive, be productive, right? Yeah. <laughs> and from that, things just, you know, began to really grow. I began to be able to do more of my teaching through my podcast, which we're now, you know, 250 some odd episodes in uh, through my books. And so it's just been this beautiful, amazing journey 
where if you had told me, you know, back when I had my kids, this is where I would be. I would have never guessed this. And yet I am so incredibly happy with these twists and turns that have happened in my life to get me where I am today. Okay. (laughs) So many things to touch on. I know. I love it so much. I'm just sitting here like just my, my, my head and my hands, like against the table enthralled by this story, because you hear about that kind of success in a year or in 18 months. And everyone listening right now is like, but how, how, what, what did you do? I mean, I'm sitting here six years into my business thinking the same dang thing. Like, girl, what were you doing for that year to like scale it that quickly to be able to get your husband to work alongside you and then completely shift gears and do the same thing with another business? I mean, talk about a mastermind. Well, let me just receive that for a second. (laughs) Well, you know, for me, when I talk about productivity and really my big mission is to redefine productivity for women, for me, productivity is not about doing more. It's doing what's most important, whether we're Mm -hmm. talking about who you are in your personal life or who you are in your business. And so, especially when it comes to our businesses and we're getting things off the ground, we feel like we have to wear all of the hats, the marketing hat, the operations hat, the finances hat, the, the, the baker hat, the, I mean, like the delivery hat, all the hats, even if we don't look good in hats, we're wearing them all (laughs) at the same time. And so that can be one of the things that really stymies people and makes it really difficult, especially if you're like, well, I can't afford to hire a team, which is where I was when I had my $50. So it really is sitting down and mapping out for me, kind of creating systems. And I get into systems in my first book, The Joy of Missing Out, and what that Mm -hmm. looks like, really creating some automations. And some of the things that I would do is instead of feeling like I had to wear all the hats every day, I would choose a hat or maybe two hats to wear each day. So Mondays were marketing Mondays. I love alliteration. So I love it. Marketing Mondays. And that was my day I would dive into my marketing and I would talk about, I would think about what I'm going to do on social media and what do I want to do for promotions? And I would map those things out. Tuesday would be outreach day. So that's the day that I work on emails and, you know, communicating with my customers and clients. Wednesday would be a warehouse day where I'm working on inventory and, you know, innovations and things like that and, mm-hmm. and so on. And so each day I'm taking a deeper dive instead of scattering myself and feeling like I'm more thin. You know, here's the thing is, I feel like, especially as women, we run around busy all day long and we're checking Mm -hmm. so many things off our list. We're checking a thousand things off. We're running here, running there, running everywhere. And we fall into bed at night and we think to ourselves, oh, why didn't I get more done? Even though we were busy all day long, even though we checked a thousand things off our list, when is the last time you went to bed and you said to yourself, oh, today was amazing. Today was incredible. I am amazing. If it's been more than a day or two, that's far too long. What it is, is we are trying to do all the things. And so we're doing a million tiny little things that don't really matter most. When we do fewer things, when we dive deeper, when we really focus in where we want to focus, when we do fewer of those things, that's when we go to bed at night and go, oh, wow, today was incredible because we're really moving towards something bigger. And that really builds into this whole idea of purpose. What is your purpose, not just in your life, but also in your business? When we do work that connects today with that bigger vision we have for tomorrow, oh, so much satisfaction in that. So much, you know, just happiness and joy right there when you go to bed at night. And I think that's really important. I love that. I love that perspective of rather than this huge checklist and we're like, amazing. Okay. I got like 12 things done, but nothing 
really settles as impactful, but narrowing it down to just a few things that are going to have big impact. Of course, we've got to do a little laundry. Of course, we've got to clean, but what are the other things that are going to have the big impact? And if we narrow that down, I'm assuming, right, that makes it maybe feel less overwhelming, right? When we, I love the idea of breaking it up into days and, and narrowing it down as far as like what we need to get done. Well, I like to say that overwhelm isn't having too much to do. It's not knowing where to start. Mm, when you think about when yes. you have all these ideas swirling around your head, you're like, oh, you're rowing here and there, and you're not sure what to work on. When we feel like, oh, this is what I'm going to work on today. There's so much empowerment in that. Mm-hmm. There's so much confidence. And you know what? Today is marketing Monday. I'm going to do my marketing. Now I'm going to do this next. That's marketing. And just knowing what's ahead helps give you that confidence. And even, you know, talking about things like laundry, yes, laundry still has to get done, but um, this is something I I dive deep into in The Joy of Missing Out, but laundry is one of those things that we don't want to think about. I mean, do you want to think about laundry? No, never. We don't want to think about laundry ever, and yet laundry is something we have to do. So it's something that we can set up as an automation. Mm. This is absolutely a system you can create. Um, So for example, for me, Uh, For my kids, the laundry day was Tuesday for my kids, for their laundry. So on Tuesdays, I would call upstairs. It's Tuesday. My kids knew it was laundry day because it happened automatically. Every Tuesday was laundry day, right? So when they were really little, like three years old, they would drag their, their laundry baskets downstairs. I bought laundry baskets that they could intentionally drag down the stairs. And then when they got a little older, like four, I would say, it's Tuesday, laundry day. And they would drag their hampers downstairs and they would sort their laundry. Now, could I have sorted their laundry faster? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And yet I thought of that as an investment, right? Mm -hmm. Standing over them, helping them sort their laundry. After a while, they get it and it's time to move on. So like when they're like five years old, I would say it's Tuesday, laundry day. They bring their baskets down, they sort their laundry, they put it into the washing machine. By the time my kids were seven, guess who wasn't doing laundry at my house? Me. It was an automation. I didn't have to think about it because it was happening automatically. Mm -hmm. Friday was house laundry. So the kids would also do the house laundry. That was one of their chores because Mm -hmm. they knew how to do laundry, right? I would take care of my laundry. John takes care of his laundry, but that makes it so much more manageable. I think as moms, we feel like we have to do it all. And that if we don't, we're not being supportive. And it's really about bringing your team in to support you as well. We're really modeling really strong, strong behaviors for our kids when we show them what it looks like to have a support system in place. I kind of am getting teary eyed. And I, this is just like caught me off guard as you say that, because I just think of our listeners and I think of my good friends and I think of my own mom and just the women in my life who do feel like they need to do it all. And the idea mm-hmm. that we are here on this planet, whether it's a family unit a community unit to help each other out. And it doesn't take away our worth when we ask for help, even from our kids or husband or anyone else. We are a team. I love that so much, Tanya. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing I really think we have been programmed as women to feel like we do have to do it all. We have to, and we have to do it really well and we have to look really good while we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, no wonder we're exhausted, right? But I want you to think about I want you to think about a good friend that has asked you for support or asked you for help. After you helped them, how did you feel? Did you feel happy? Did you feel excited that you were able to support them? Think of it this way. When we ask for support from others around us, we're giving them a gift. We're enabling them to love us better by supporting us. We're we're enabling them to have that amazing feeling of helping other people. 
and the benefit with your team at home, because I call it, you have teams at work and you have teams at home, right? And your family is your team. When we allow our kids to come in and support us, they feel more like they are a true member of the team. And I think that is incredibly important. I see that my son just, my son just went to college, talk about getting Uh teary eyed uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, we had, we've grown, he's grown up with this like strong team mentality. And here he is going off to college though, feeling confident and strong. He already knows how to do laundry. He already knows how to cook. He already knows how to do those things because that was part of supporting us and the family and everybody taking turns. So think of it that way, that this is truly a benefit for your kids because when your kids leave your nest, we don't want them just to fly. We want them to soar. We want Mm -hmm. them to, to feel amazing right? Yeah. That's really what we're looking for. That's, yeah. that's our big vision of what we want for our children when they leave our nest. Yeah, absolutely. That's purpose right there, right? It is purpose. I love that. So much more from Tanya in just a moment. There's no one size fits all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. Trying to get volume and thickness in my hair has seriously been my life's mission. Thanks to my personalized pros routine, I can honestly say that I've never been more in love with my hair. I was excited about the idea of personalized hair care and even more excited when I heard pros uses natural ingredients. You'll start with their in-depth consultation. So they truly know you, your hair, and your needs. They then analyze my answers and determine the unique blend of ingredients I need at each of my products. How cool is that? If you're not 100% positive pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash beyond the cake. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash beyond the cake for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Let's talk about what you mean in this new book on purpose. What do you mean by living on purpose? Yeah, well, I think the word purpose can have a lot of weight to it. Like mm-hmm. people feel like it's like purpose, <laughs> like it's like defining you now and forever. Yeah. And really, I like to say living on purpose isn't about changing who you are. It's rising up to the best mm. version of you. It's looking out at the horizon and seeing a tomorrow, seeing a vision for tomorrow that you really desire, that you love this idea and working today to get to that bigger vision of what you want for tomorrow. So it's really about living bigger than today. You know, going back to that laundry example, that time that I spent with my kids was an investment on that day to get them to where they are now, where they're doing their own laundry. Same thing happens in our business and in our lives. When we take time to do the things that matter most, those are an investment in our future. So it really is about letting go of the tiny things that are for today and thinking bigger about what we want for tomorrow, because that's when we have that satisfaction and that happiness. How do you not let kind of the big picture, that future, all the things feel overwhelming? Mm, Yeah, I like that question because it's really easy to look at a big giant vision that you have for the future and think there's no way I can do that. We can get that, let that negative self-talk start coming in very, very easily, right? So 
really what we want to do is we want to have a vision of the future. And I call this, this is wayfinding that I talk about in the book. So we talk about it in terms of these landmarks and I call it a cathedral that you're, you're going towards. Um, and that's this big, bright, beautiful future. I, I call it cathedral thinking because this is no different than in the 1100s and the 1200s, how the city planners and the architects and the artisans, they built these beautiful, amazing cathedrals like the Duomo in Florence or Notre Dame. They built those so they would last multiple lifetimes, right? They've, mm -hmm. they've stood thousands of years, but they took hundreds of years to build. It was bigger than those people. So you have this big, beautiful cathedral that you're working towards, this life that you're really looking for. And it's really far away, 10 years down the road, maybe 20, 20 years down the road. What we can do is we can say, well, okay, that's my potential. That's where I really want to go. What if we back that up? And, and in the book, we draw it kind of as a map. Like it's you are here at one end and at the far end, we have the cathedral. That's our potential. Well, let's, let's back it up. Let's back up the timeline a little bit. If that's our potential in 10 years, what is, what is possible in like three to five years? What would be possible for us to get accomplished? And we write that down. That's still pretty far away. So let's back it up a little bit more. Okay, if that's what's possible in three to five years, what is practical that I could do in 12 months or maybe even 18 months? What could be practically done in the next 12 to 18 months? Okay, so that's a year in advance. And then what do I want to prioritize in the next three months, the next six months, the next nine months? These things we wanna prioritize, those are your goals. Those are the things you really want to spend your time on. Those are the investments to get you to that big, beautiful cathedral off into the future. That's how the work that we do today connects us to that big, beautiful cathedral of tomorrow. And that's when we start to have more meaning in our life. I think for so many people, they often don't know what goals to set. And when mm -hmm. you use this method of using this timeline and backing it up, it means that those are the goals that are designed for you for the mm -hmm. life that you really want, not what other people are doing. You know, that's what we do. We look around, we're like, she's doing amazing. I should do what she's doing. Or that woman over there has an incredible business. I'm going to do the same things as her. Let's set goals that have meaning to us. Mm -hmm. Let's find joy and happiness in working on those goals. Not just when we cross that finish line. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of working backwards. Cause I think so often, or at least for me, I'm thinking, okay, I got to do X, Y, Z now to get here in a year or two or whatever, but kind of that really big picture, I think also gives you that focus, that purpose, what I want for my family. I mean, this isn't just business. Yes. This is all stuff that can relate to our everyday life, whether it's personal or family, or it does become business. Absolutely. And here's the thing is, you know, a lot of times when we talk about things like productivity, it's a very male dominated space. I'm one of the very few women it's kind of crazy who talk about productivity, wow. even though women are very productive. <laughs> um, but because of that, I think it's really very, you know, work focused. It's very, like, and to me, you're more than a worker bee. You, you are, perhaps you're a wife or a girlfriend, or you're a significant other, or you're a mother, a, a best friend, a neighbor, a, a, a member of your community. You do all of these things. So let's think about who you are holistically, not just who you are in business. Um, and, and really when we do that, that's when, that's when we start to feel more whole, that mm -hmm. everything is in alignment for who we are. We want our business to be aligned with us and our personal lives as well. So it all works together. You're not yeah. a different person at work than you are at home. Let's create thriving businesses so we can have thriving personal lives. That's yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Can you believe the year's end is just around the corner? 
I hope as you look at the year so far, you've been able to find the tender mercies and silver linings in the midst of hard times that still fall upon us globally, nationally, and personally. For me, one of the greatest tender mercies of this year has been therapy and healing I've been able to do through it. You've heard me talk about it before, and we continue to have better help as a sponsor because taking care of your mental health is just that important to me. I started when I was 19, did it kind of on and off for a while, and have been consistently doing it more recently. I realize, though, that's not always easy. I realize, though, that it's not always easy to find a therapist or even find the time to go to an appointment. So when I heard about BetterHelp, I knew it was something I had to tell you about. BetterHelp is a safe online environment for you to talk to a professional therapist. No leaving your house, no sitting in waiting rooms, and no paying pricey bills. You can even message your therapist at any time. Of course, everything you share is confidential. You'll also see they specialize in so many areas, depression, family issues, grief, self-esteem, relationships, and so much more. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash beyondcake. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their health. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash beyond cake. And you also differentiate smart goals and impact goals. Can yes. you tell me a little bit about that since we're talking about the goal making? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, smart goals have been around since the 1980s. And I have taught thousands of women how to set and achieve goals. And I've used that smart framework. So it's not that it's a bad framework. It's just that every time I was teaching it, I was having to adjust it and twist it and really make it work for the modern woman. And what is that framework? Will you tell people that don't know the SMART goal framework so setting? Smart, the SMART framework is a framework where each letter stands for something else, specific, measurable, uh, attainable. Uh, re- I can't remember what the R is off the top of my head. Um, and then the T is timed. Okay. And what I have done is I've taken that framework and just updated it into mm. a new framework called impact. So the impact goal framework. And it's the same in that each letter stands for something. The I is inspirational. We want our goals to inspire us. Yes. We want to write our goals as if they are inevitable, as if we truly, absolutely believe they're going to happen. I don't believe in fake it till you make it. I believe in believe it until you become it. So let's write our goals as though they are really, really inspiring because there's going to be days that are hard. You're going to have to dig into why you're doing this. So writing your goals as inspirational really does help. Writing things like, I am a non-smoker instead of I will quit smoking, Mm. right? Talk about the things that you want, not the things that you don't want. So that's the I. M is measurable. We want to be able to track how we're doing with our goals because when we do that, we can see progress. When we see progress, that's when we start to feel, okay, I can do this. We have to look backwards sometimes and see our breadcrumbs of where we've been so that we can look forward and say, oh, I can do this, right? So making our goals measurable. And when I say measurable, don't not getting caught up in numbers, numbers like what your numbers are on the scale or what your revenue numbers are, how Mm. many followers you have on Instagram. I want you to measure it in terms of how often you're doing activities that are tied to that goal. You know, mm. like, let's say, let's say that, um, you know, healthy eating is, is what you want to do. Um, okay. How often are you making healthy meals? Maybe you want to make healthy meals three times a week and you're not going, you know, for fast food or something like that. So that would be an example. And that's better than saying, I want to lose 10 pounds. 
right? Yeah. Because 10 pounds is who you are today. Healthy eating is tied to a bigger purpose, something bigger, right? Mm -hmm. It's tied to a lifestyle. So measurable. Then our P is purpose-driven. I mean, I wrote a whole book called On Purpose. If you didn't think they needed to be purpose-driven, <laughs> this probably isn't the book for you. Um, so it needs to be tied to that big, beautiful cathedral that you're wanting to work towards. So we want to make sure that what we're doing and that we understand that the work we're creating has a higher purpose. So for example, if you are somebody who is baking cakes, it's not just that you're a cake baker, right? You're not just a baker, you're creating events for families to come together and celebrate. Mm -hmm. That's so much bigger than just baking cakes, right? Yeah. Creating an event for people to come around and break bread together. That's got a lot of meaning. So inspirational, measurable, purpose-driven. Then we get to the A and the C of impact. And A and C go together, adaptable and challenging. Mm. We want our goals to push us out of our comfort zone. That's really important because if we're in our comfort zone, we're not really stretching ourselves. Right. But at the same time, we don't want them to be so challenging that we can't achieve them. Because what happens is we have one bad day. We fall off the wagon one day and we're like, that's it. I'm the worst at goal setting. And we just let that fall aside. So if we make it challenging, but also adaptable, it gives us that grace for life. Yeah. I mean, life is messy. Lots of Life is filled with all kinds of things that happen. So one of the ways you can make your goals adaptable is using the MTO method, which is measurable, target, and um, outrageous. So mm -hmm. using that healthy eating example from earlier, uh, let's say you want to eat healthy. Uh, let's say it's four days a week. So okay. that's your target. I want to eat healthy at home four days a week. That would be your target. Now, your minimum is if you eat healthy at home three days a week, you've still accomplished that goal. You're still on the right track. You're doing better than you were before, right? But you're still targeting that four days a week. Your outrageous could be, I make a healthy meal six times in a week. Now, when you hit that outrageous goal, then you're gonna celebrate. You're gonna take some really good time to reward yourself. And what I love about MTO is this works whether we're talking about a launch or an event or we're talking about really just about anything. Um, so it really is about challenging yourself that having that outrageous section of that MTO that allows you to push yourself to mm -hmm. that, to be challenging, but having the minimum allows you that grace for life to happen on weeks that just don't go as planned. Right. I am. I love this so much. I'm like smiling. I am just so happy about this idea because why don't we ever give ourselves grace? Why don't we do that? Especially as women, it is like, we either do this just like this, or we don't do it at all. And we failed. And absolutely. That's not how life is. It's so rigid. It's like yeah. made of glass. And as soon as something goes wrong, that glass just shatters. And we need to have flexibility because some weeks we have sick kids or we are sick or, you know, the dog runs away <laughs> or, I mean, like things happen. Right. And if we don't give ourselves the grace for life to unfold, for life mm -hmm. to happen, then we get really frustrated and we feel out of alignment. This is a way of saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to allow yeah. for life to happen. And I'm not going to beat myself up when I don't get to that four days a week. I'm going to say, you know what? Gosh, I got three. Or let's say your minimum was two. I got two days. That is still winning. It's better than zero days. And that way you still have some momentum to keep going. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah. it's so important. Women are the worst at not giving our, we'll give grace to everybody else. Yes. Yeah. It's called the beautiful mess effect. We, <laughs> we talk about this in the book is that we will give grace to everybody else for seeing their failures, for seeing them recover from things that we will beat ourselves up for. Yep. Right. Yep. And it really is to our own detriment. 
So having that adaptability built in there really does help. Mm -hmm. So our last letter of impact, we've had inspirational, measurable, purpose-driven, adaptable, challenging, and then timed. We want to give ourselves a container of time. I call things a container of time usually because there's a start time and an end time. And even if it's something like healthy eating, we still want to have an end time where we stop and check in. Maybe we adjust what our goals are, or maybe we stop and we do a little celebration for ourselves. But having a deadline gives us something to push against. So that in just a really quick uh, nutshell (laughs) is the impact framework. It it really is about creating goals that are aligned with where you want to go, but allowing them to be adaptable, allowing them to push us while still giving us a lot of grace. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I hope everyone has just got a paper and pen or they're planning on re-listening to this so they can make notes. That's how I feel already. I go through it in the book and it's all mapped out. So that's a, that's a great reason. Yeah. Oh, and for sure. I mean, that is going to be coming out like any day. So we want to make sure that we, we get that too, because I'm such, um, I love audible, but I love to have a book like yours in hand so I can make notes and highlight things. Oh, I'm a big, and I, I have to be honest, when people underline passages or circle or highlight, that's like my love language as an author. I'm just like, oh, it makes me so happy that resonated with you. Okay, we'll take pictures and we'll post them on Instagram as we are highlighting pages on your book. Okay, so as we talk about these goals, we have an idea of how to set them, how to measure them in a graceful way, but truly an attainable yet slightly challenging way. Here's a roadblock though our limiting beliefs, the negative narratives that we have told ourselves ingrained in our mind for however many years based on whatever experiences, but they are there. What do we do to get rid of these limiting beliefs or the negative narrative that sits in our head that prevents us from reaching these goals or even sometimes even preventing us from setting the goals? Yeah. Well, and this is the thing is we all have them. We all have Mm -hmm. these limiting beliefs, these ceilings that we bump against that tell us that we're not good enough or smart enough or enough in any way, shape or form that there's something somehow wrong with us that everybody else has it all together, but we are just this hot mess, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what that limiting belief is. Um, And a big one that a lot of people want to blame it on is, uh, you know, willpower. I just don't have the willpower. I just don't have the discipline to do these things. And we talk about this in the book, Willpower and discipline are overrated. You don't really want discipline. I mean, I certainly don't. I like to, I like to equate discipline to white couches. Um, so, so bear with me here. That seems kind of weird, I know. But I see these white couches like in a catalog or on Pinterest, and I'm like, ooh, that's beautiful. I want a white couch in my living room. Like, I love the idea of it. And then I remember I have two kids. I have a dog. I have a cat. We like to have popcorn on the couch. A white couch for me is not really what I want because I would be constantly cleaning it. And so for me and the way that I want to live, I don't really want a white couch. That's what I think I should want, but I don't. Mm. And I think discipline is the same thing because you look at these people who are highly disciplined, who go here and there, and they just do, there's, there's not a lot of grace built into that. There's not a lot of room and space for spontaneity and, and fun and just joy. If we're just focusing on doing the things, right? So let's do away with that excuse that we need discipline or we need willpower because really all it is is having a series of small, healthy habits, little things that we're doing on a regular basis. What we can do is take one small action. So let's let's say that you want to, let's say that you want to get better. Let's say your limiting belief is you're the worst with money. 
Mm. Okay. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's a strong one, right? So you're not disciplined with money. I'm the worst with money. I, I, I can't seem to keep track of my bank accounts. Okay. What's a really small thing that you can do that will untangle that? Well, you could start reconciling your accounts twice a week. So let's say you're already going to a yoga class on Tuesdays and Fridays, okay? What we can do is we can stack on top of that habit. You already have a habit of going on Tuesdays and Fridays, right? Uh So it's something you automatically do. Well, what you can do is set your timer for 10 minutes before you go to yoga class, put your computer next to your yoga mat. So you spend 10 minutes on your computer going through and reconciling your accounts. 10 minutes is really all it takes. Then you head off to yoga class. Or do it after yoga class, wherever the yoga mat is, leave your computer right next to it. So, you know, when you put the yoga mat away, you're going to pull out the computer and start doing your reconciling your accounts. 10 minutes is not a lot of time. That's a really small thing to do. But if you start doing that on a regular basis, you've now created these new breadcrumbs for yourself. Now, all of a sudden you're doing that and you're no longer a person who's the worst with money. You're a person who reconciles your accounts twice a week. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we have this small win. We reconcile the account for 10 minutes. We get this burst of momentum. Oh, look at that. I did it. <laughs> we have that winning feeling, which leads us to want to do it again. And that's essentially what happens is we create this beautiful, healthy habit for ourselves. and habits start when they start taking root, they happen automatically. That's how we start redefining who mm-hmm. we are. We're no longer the worst with money. We're now somebody who reconciles our accounts twice a week. And then we use that as our stepping stone to do the next big thing. Yeah. I think we think that the, the steps we have to take have to be huge. They have to be these giant leaps. And oftentimes it's the tiny things, 10 minutes, reconciling your accounts, right? Wh- whatever it is you're wanting to do, what's the smallest, teeniest, tiniest thing you can do to build that momentum, to establish a little habit that you stack on top of something else that you're already doing. Um, a great habit to stack on is when your morning routine, like as you're getting your coffee, doing whatever it is you're wanting to do. Cause you get yeah. coffee automatically. You don't even think about it. That's not a question. If you're going to have a cup of coffee, <laughs> right. right? It's a habit. So you could stack right on top of that habit to start with. And then we start to have this beautiful cycle of building self-trust. And when mm. we build self-trust, we destroy that self-loathing that happens. Yes. We now trust ourselves. Yes. You're almost rewiring your brain as you're doing this That's little by little. Exactly what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. And we're just taking those things that hold us down, that grab us by our ankles and keep us rooted to the ground. And we mm-hmm. free ourselves of them. And yeah. we start choosing how we want to identify ourselves. And I, I think that. that's really important, choosing how you want to be seen. What do you suggest or tell women when we get off track? Maybe we've developed the habit of the healthy eating and we're, we've got, you know, six, two to six days, you know, depending on our MTO. Um, but then life gets in the way, there's travel, there's something, right? Maybe we get sick and we feel like we've derailed. And it's easy to say, I derailed, I failed. Okay, I'm done. How do we avoid the I'm done giving up? It's it's so easy to do. So I talk about this This is actually the last chapter of the book is choose to give grace because Mm -hmm. we need to give ourselves grace. We need to allow life to happen like we talked about earlier. So uh, I talk about the three A's. When you find that you've gotten off track, we're going to start with the first A, which is acknowledging it. Okay, Mm -hmm. I've gotten off track. Now notice I didn't say acknowledge it and then beat yourself up for the next three days. (laughs) I'm like, acknowledge it. Just say, okay, I got off track and just really take a look at like, where am I? All right. I've gotten off of where I thought I was supposed to be. And then we need to do the second A. We want to assess. So the first thing is, is that goal still for me? 
is that really my goal or have I changed? You know, I used to say, make your plans in pencil, but write your goals in ink. And that was the dumbest thing I could have ever said. Honestly, so dumb because you should be able to erase your goals. Sometimes you get started with a fire in your belly in January and a couple of months down the road, that fire is gone. Sometimes it's a couple of weeks. Sometimes it's a couple of days and it's because that's not really your goal. So assess, is this goal still for me? Is this really still what I want? Or have I changed? You know, sometimes we're on the highway and we're like, this is where I'm supposed to be going. And we get derailed and we're off on this other path and it's the scenic route. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I like this a little bit more. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I want to get back on the highway. I kind of like the mountain views I'm getting right here. The other thing that can happen is there are opportunities that arise that you maybe didn't even know existed because you were so busy on that highway. All of a sudden, it's like, I didn't even know this area of business existed, or I didn't know this niche was here, or I didn't know all these things, right? So is that goal still for me? Do I want to go back? And if you don't want to go back, hallelujah, cross that goal off your list and move on, right? So that's what brings us to our third A, which is adjust. Hmm. If you don't want to go back to that goal, cross it off. Or if it is like, no, that that really still is my goal. I just got off track. Let's adjust what we're doing. Let's figure out, okay, where did we go? Where did we go off the path? What do I need to do to reestablish a habit? Or was that was that habit stacking that I was doing not working? Do I need to choose a different habit for me? Right? And just make some adjustments. But the key here is that we're not going to beat ourselves up because you know what? Every single person every single person gets off track with their goals. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be twists and turns in the road. And sometimes to be honest with you, it's the detours. That's what gets us to the life we want. It's the detours because we didn't even know those paths existed (laughs) at all until we get there. So build in that grace, give yourself that ability to erase your goals or shift them, to rewrite them, to change the MTO, to do what you need to do to really get to that life you want. Oh, I love it. Tanya, there is just so much good stuff. And there's so much more in the book, friends. You are going to love it. So hopefully this was just like a really good teaser that gets you super excited to dive into the book. Tanya, tell us um, where we can find it, when it comes out, and where we can follow along maybe on social uh, just to, to keep up with you. Yeah, so the book comes out October 26th. And I mean, talk about changing plans. It was coming out on a different date. It just got shifted like three days ago before we recorded this. This is the thing, life happens. And so we're shifting and pivoting. I'm doing it in real time and people are watching (laughs) as I I do my three A's myself. Yeah. Um, So it comes out October 26th. You can find it anywhere that books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, your local bookseller. Uh, You can also go to tanyadalton.com. That's a great place to connect with me. You can find links to my podcast, The Intentional Advantage. You can also find where you can buy either one of my books, The Joy of Missing Out, my first book, or this new book, On Purpose, The Busy Woman's Guide to an Extraordinary Life of Meaning and Success. Those links are there at tanyadalton.com. Wonderful. And we'll add them in our show notes. Thank you so much for your time today and all your insight. It was so wonderful. Absolutely. I'm really passionate about helping women step into their purpose, I think because I have done it myself and I see how not only does it light me up, but it lights my family up as well. So it's a joy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're such a joy. Thank you. Thanks friends for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. 
And for all things cake, remember you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.